Our world continues to change and push us in ways we have not been challenged before. On this show, we talk about these challenges, how to be aware of them, face them, and overcome them in your life. This is David Waldus, creator of the Align Living System. And I'm Nick Musica, Align Living Coach. Welcome to the Align Living System Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Align Living System Podcast. Nick and I are here today, and uh, we are psyched to have another listener question. And so uh, today's question we're going to be dropping into is Danielle had asked about how to know when we're actually starting to have intuitive and psychic type experiences. And, uh, you know, to to be able to differentiate the difference between, you know, I just had this kind of feeling like I wanted to do this versus was that intuitive hit? You know, what are the experiences we know where we can start to build off them, start to trust them, start to hone in our skills as we recognize them? Because when we're not recognizing them, we're probably not going to hone in our skills. And, you know, sometimes it's super obvious. And it's also so weird that we just kind of push it to the side. And sometimes we don't even talk about it. You know, the first thing I, I thought of when I when I read Danielle's question was years ago when I was first doing this work professionally, I had this couple come in and they both wanted to do sessions with me. And they were a little kind of conservative feeling. You know, they 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 didn't strike me as the kind of normal people that would come in, um, you know, a little bit uncomfortable, maybe a little bit uptight about the whole thing. And I sit down with the husband first and we're going through his session and he's enjoying it, but, you know, definitely not comfortable in the setting. And then he finally spits it out about three quarters of the way through the session. He goes, you know, I, something I, I feel like you might understand this and I haven't told this to anybody, but I've been waking up in the middle of the night and it's like, I just feel like there's this energy moving through my body and I just kind of have these weird sensations and uh, it's almost like I know stuff. Like, it's really weird. I don't know what to do with it. And so we talk a little bit about like, well, yeah, this is quite often how it starts to turn on for people. A lot of it happens, you know, we kind of get awakened at night as a, a very common thing. And we start to maybe have these feelings of movement in our body that we haven't felt before. Maybe these little intuitive knowings or these kind of foreshadowing of events or maybe a deeper understanding, like it's something clears up that we were confused about. And so we, we have that whole conversation. He leaves, his wife comes in similar setting, right? We're going through it. She's a little uncomfortable, a little uptight, going through a session about halfway through it. She goes, Hey, uh, you know, I think you might understand there's this kind of weird thing that I've been experiencing and I haven't told anybody (laughs) and continues to explain the exact same thing that her husband had just explained to me for himself. And, you know, here they are sleeping side by side every night. And it was just so weird for them that they were looking for an what felt like an appropriate container for them to be able to share it, to talk about it. And yet the person laying next to them every night, the person they're married to is having similar experiences and they just didn't feel comfortable naming it or describing it because it just felt too weird. And, you know, I, I think that this type of stuff is becoming more and more common for people. Like there's just so many people turning on now that to be more open about it, to be more expressive, um, you know, I, I think that a couple things on that. One is that it, it helps us for it to be concrete. And particularly when we share something and somebody else shares back and goes, oh my God, I've been experiencing the same thing. Now it's solidified. Now it's real. But when it's just happening inside of us and we're kind of weirded out by it, um, you know, it can make us feel a little crazy. It can make us make it feel very surreal. But to be able to talk about it 
it is absolutely huge. Yeah. So, so welcome, Nick. Thanks, David. So, yeah. Yeah. so do you remember the first experience you had? Look, yeah, and, and, yeah. And looking, I imagine, let me know if this is true. I imagine looking back, it's more mm -hmm. clear than when it was at the time. Yeah. I mean, the one that stands out, you know, I was always growing up, I was like, you know, ADHD kid, uh, dyslexic, you know, like off in my own world. So I'm sure a lot of that stuff was going on where I just wasn't real grounded on this planet in this 3D yeah. reality, but I was living somewhere else. And, um, but I, I have this memory in college where uh, a friend of mine was over and we're hanging on the couch talking and the phone rings. And so I, I got up to go answer it. And she looks at me as I'm walking across the living room. What are you doing? Cause we were in the middle of a conversation. And I just stood up. I'm like, I'm answering the phone. And as I said that the phone rang for what I thought was the second time. And she looks at me really funny and I'm and I answer the phone and get off and I come back. She's like, the phone didn't ring until you were walking across the room. I'm like, whatever, you know? And, and she thought I was so rude because she's in the middle of saying this stuff and I just stand up and walk away from her. Right? And so, you know, I, I just thought like, how did she not hear it? She must've been so caught up in her story that she didn't hear the phone ring, but you know, now it's not an uncommon thing for me to go answer the phone. Um, you know, a number of times I pick it up and it goes off in my hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason, at least part of the reason why you and I know each other today mm -hmm. is I had a weird thing going on for quite a while that I couldn't identify and I didn't talk about, and there was no label that I knew. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it was just a description and, um, which was living snippets of, of dreams, which only recently has the label shown up for me, which is clairvoyant dreams. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which is basically like if you were to dream about seeing uh, a dog you've never seen on a corner you've never driven by, mm -hmm. and tomorrow you find and you had that dream, and tomorrow you find yourself in a city mm -hmm. uh, driving someplace, and you happen to pass a dog on a corner that looks just like the thing you dreamt about. That's that's right, sort right. of the illustration of it. And I was having that for years. Yeah, and and I think that's often how it shows up, right? For people is that. It, it doesn't have a lot of depth of meaning to it other than this is happening. Yeah. Right. And so we need some sort of a concrete experience that just makes it real for us. Yeah. And ironically, like how often would you kind of forget about it and just dismiss it? And then what happened again and go, and you go, Oh shit, it's happening again because you never really talked about it because you didn't bring it into a realness in a concrete conversation where now I'm curious. Now I want to develop this because it was just like, well, that's a little freaky put it to the side and then move on with life. Yeah. Well, and there, and there was two things that one, one, there was no place to develop it at the time. Sure. Sure. And, and the other thing was, um, it was, it was, it didn't have a purpose. It, there was mm -hmm. no meaning to it. It was just yeah. random things. It was, it, it was the equivalent of random dog on random corner. Like yeah, it just, yeah. nothing was useful about it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think when stuff starts to turn on for us, a lot of times it's almost like a test type thing where, you know, it's like the technology is just coming online for us. One of the really bizarre technologies that I get, um, and I, I kind of like to refer to it that way because it is something very concrete happening. And there's something that turned on in me that I have access to mm. that I didn't have access to before. Like, a, you know, like we don't think of our, our eyes as technology, but that's exactly what they are. They're like an inner technology, you know, our hearing or, you know, our senses. Sure. And so um, probably about seven or eight years ago, I started having this thing happen in meditation periodically, and it doesn't happen very often where I'll have like a screen that looks just like a TV screen pop up like 
inside my head. And it's literally, it feels like my eyes are open and I'm looking at a screen and it will show up that clear. And generally what would happen at first is I would just see like people's faces and it was like a scan, like a person's face would pop up and it was animated. Like they were moving almost like a Harry Potter type, Hmm. you know, thing. And then Mm -hmm. the next person, it would be people I'd never met before, had no idea who they were. And it would just be like, you know, like a half a second of a person, then a half a second of another person. It would run through like a hundred people and then it would just disappear. Maybe I'd lose my focus because I was like, this is so weird. What is going on here? And, uh, and then, you know, I, I don't, I still don't have it very often, but the last time it happened, I started seeing, you know, it, it almost felt like there was a message coming through. Like there was a, um, a person there or, or, you know, however we describe it kind of communicating with me. And, and you know, and, and so for me, it's like, it's, it, it's super weird because, you know, and for me to say that <laughs> that's saying something because I have so many experiences all the time and I mostly know my gifts. Now the inner technology is like a gnosis where it'll pop in for me, like a memory and, and it'll, it'll just appear. I'll feel it appear. And it'll be something I know and I'll have the depth of it. Like, I, like it happened. And so mm-hmm. I'm seeing it like I'm seeing a memory, which gives mm-hmm. me a ton of information and feeling of it and, and the whole experience of it. And that's usually how I get information now. And so to have something that's so concrete feeling, um, you know, it's a little bit weird for me. And I, you know, and I think that's why it doesn't show up so much because every time it does, I'm thinking like, this is so weird. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. I, I think it's, it would be helpful for folks to, I mean, I'm equating it in my brain to like going into a, a store and, and you don't know exactly what you're looking for, but you're yeah, trying yeah. to describe it in terrible mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. That doesn't land. But if you knew the name of it, someone can go, oh, it's on aisle five. It's just, it's on the right-hand side. Right. Yeah, so there, yeah. there's certain ways that information shows up and it's mm-hmm. referred to as the Claire's. Can you walk us through that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, I think for people, they naturally have a way that information shows up. So like Clara audience, you know, is like hearing. And that, that really was one of the first things that happened for me. I've, you know, I've shared my stories in the first podcast about, um, you know, when the, I just had this guidance come through and I actually heard a voice that's Clara audience. Um, let's see. Then there's uh what is it? Clara, Clara, um, visual is it? Cla- <laughs> yeah. Clairvoyance. Thank you. Is, you know, when we see things, right. Yeah. And so we, we have these visions and, so, you know, it's not necessarily seeing with our physical eyes too, but it's like, we actually get a vision of it. And, you know, I, I get that periodically too. And, um, particularly when I'm tapping into, like experiences that are going on. And I'm trying to understand like how a person's operating or, or what they're coming in. I'll often see it almost like a video like that. And then I'll, I'll know kind of where they're going with it and what the possibilities are. Um, and then uh, clarinosis is generally the one that, that I experience, which is just that knowing. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, is, is that all of them? I'm trying to think it's, I hadn't thought about the Claris and the, uh, in quite a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm bringing them up just so I can reference them, and and they're largely uh, tied to the the senses that we have, right? Yeah, our sight, yeah, yeah. our sound, yeah. right? Yeah, but, some people get s- sense too, right? Like it's, um, you know, I I, yeah. I I had a really peculiar experience with that when I was we were driving back from a very long road trip, and uh, I was getting really anxious to get home, and it was my my girls were little, and I was going probably too fast for the conditions. It was raining pretty hard. And uh, I'm cruising along on I-70 in Colorado and I'm feeling myself kind of going, I should probably slow down a little bit. And as I was thinking that, 
the whole car just filled with the smell of my grandmother's perfume. Interesting. And I was like, where is that coming from? And then I recognized it. And then I just slowed way down and the smell dissipated. And I was like, huh. And so like, one of the things for me too, is, is that the functionality of these, right? It wasn't just like, oh, gr that's grandma. That reminds me of grandma. It was like, grandma was like, hey, slow down, asshole. <laughs> you know, right, like, right, 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 right. You're pushing your luck here. You got your family in your car. What are you doing? Right, yeah. right. So so I, I just pulled up a, a page on random site that came up for for the Claire's and there's uh, clear, sing, clear seeing, hearing, feeling, knowing, smelling, and tasting is yeah, what this yeah. website has. Um, yeah. And so we, and, and, and they're, it's sort of, it, at least from my experience, it's like, it's the closest labeling and definitions we can give it, but mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't, you don't see it out in the real world. You don't hear it. Like it's like, it's music playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it all, it's, it's a very internal experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's very subtle, generally, you know, I mean, not subtle. always, but for the most part, and, and when we think about this too, like if, we, if there is this communication coming in, you know, there's times when it's coming very loud, like to kind of disrupt me yeah, yeah. Um, when I'm, you know, particularly when it's around safety or urgency like that. But most of the time it comes in so subtle that if I'm distracted or if I'm, you know, like looping in something or, you know, really in my determination rather than my openness, yeah. Like I'll miss it completely. And so, you know, I, I think that, that so many people think that they don't have access to these be because of that very thing that their inner world is louder than the subtle totally. energy that's coming through. And so they're distracted, they're angry, they're, you know, their, their minds looping and it's so easy to be louder than, you know, than our guidance. Yeah. And yeah. so most people yeah. go, I, I don't get that. Yeah. That's not really part of my reality. So, I mean, I'm, I'm of the belief and I want to check in with you. Like we, we all have access to something, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it, but it seems like the path to that access is, uh, your own loud world yeah, has to get yeah. quiet and quiet enough yeah. and long enough for you to be open. And then you need to be open to yeah. experiencing being in a hearing, seeing, knowing, whatever that would pick, pick a Claire, any Claire, yeah, um, yeah. And have it show up and recognize it that it's a thing and then sort of rinse and repeat and then develop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, like that, that is, that's why, you know, we talk about the consciousness lock in here, which is the first step yeah. we do in the aligned living system, which is basically to quiet our inner world. And then, you know, people think that that turns on these inner technologies, but it doesn't, it just quiets whatever's on top of them. And then all of a sudden people have access to him and go, my God, it was amazing. Like I started having these intuitive hits and these, you know, psychic visions, like right away with this work. I'm like, well, you were already having them. You just had no idea you were having them because we needed to quiet things down first. And once we did that, all of a sudden stuff starts to open up. And once we recognize it, then we can look for it. And then all of a sudden it's a priority. And then we go, well, there's a whole bunch of reasons for me to keep my inner world quiet now, because now I have this guidance system that's working with me. And it brings this kind of magical quality to my life. And again, I don't, I don't see this magic at all. Like it's, it's always just this innate part of us that we all have, but it really depends on how dense we've gotten ourselves or how much, yeah. you know, how loud our inner world is. And, uh, and so it's so funny to me, like, um, you know, people often say like, Oh my God, you turned on my gifts. I'm like, no, we just stopped the overlay. You know, we silenced what was keeping you from recognizing your gifts were already on. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I, I, I'm forgetting where I read it, but the, the phrase was, if you're not, if you're not improving on the silence, then basically be quiet. 
<laughs> um, what you have to say and share doesn't improve on the silence. Well, I mean, I, I, I related that yeah. certainly out in the world and in, in um, community, right? But I, I, at the time reading it with the context that we're talking about was relating it to self. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. So if your inner dialogue is not improving something, I got you. Yeah. Yep. Right. Then like, just shut up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you're not going to hear anything else other than your broken inner dialogue that you're recreating over and over yeah, talking and over. to hear yourself talk right yeah. yeah and how distracting is that getting stuck yeah. in your own self-generated garbage yeah and then it's interesting too because people you know try to quiet their mind and and that's what happens like you know thoughts just keep running like it's and so part of that is because we're streaming the energy of the world around us into us mm -hmm. and so it's not really our own thoughts and that's a big part of it so when we stop doing that that stops happening but it's also there's a certain discomfort that happens when there's silence and we're not like people want to fill it. You know, it's like a vacuum that wants to be filled. But yeah. when we recognize that it's not really silence and it's not really a vacuum, that there's something going on there. Now, instead of getting uncomfortable and trying to fill it, we start opening up to what's underneath that and is trying to come through. And so, what you know, however the guidance naturally comes in for you is what starts to happen. And so then the silence actually has a whole value instead of a discomfort. You know, it's almost like if, you know, somebody's whispering and you're trying to hear them whisper, there's no part of you that wants to talk because you know that you're going to not be able to hear the whisper. Right. And and so now there's a value in the silence rather than just the discomfort of silence. Totally. Yeah. 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 It's, it's such, such a important piece to it all is just to uh, open yourself up to that silence and be available for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, like that, what is that proverb about having one mouth and two ears, you know, it's uh you know, it happens in the 3D world, but it's, you know, it's so much more true uh, in our, in our inner technology and in our inner guidance. And, uh, and that, that piece to me is, is so funny. Um, you know, when, when I look at a person's energy, like I can instantly tell whether or not they have access uh, to, to any of their inner technology, to any of their guidance. Hmm. And, and so much of it has to do with how like for me, it shows up like density, but it's like, I'll see kind of across their brain, across their head, like just this non-movement. It's like, they're very much in their prefrontal lobe, like in their forehead. And they're just like in this, like they've just, all of their energy goes into controlling their brain or knowing how it is. And it's such a kind of an energetic signature that I can so clearly see that like they don't have any access to their guidance because they're using their brain to override anything else and it's you know it's, it's fascinating um and and to those people this doesn't exist you know and and of course like i always say I, you know i really respect their opinion on that or their belief on that because why would they believe it like you oh, know right. there's no way they're going to hear it because they're holding themselves so tight that it that it, it's never going to get through that you know that structure yeah yeah i was talking to a gentleman this uh i think it was just this past week um and we we went from SEO and websites to these, these conversations. It was fun to just bounce back and forth between them. And he was very much into like the research says the research says, yeah. um, and, and I remember feeling like that. Like I really mm -hmm. wanted, I wanted a book to tell me it was real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember, uh, it was, it was in your book and you're talking about the elect electric magnetic field. And there was a picture mm -hmm. and like, that was very meaningful. Right. Yeah. The science behind it. Right. Yes, it was very meaningful, and and it still is, but less, way less. Yeah, so. yeah. You just don't need it anymore, and that's yeah. yeah. Like what it, it's it's like, it's almost like describing 
in theoretical terms of hitting this small um, round object that's being thrown at you at 100 miles an hour with a piece of thin wood. Like <laughs> it, it sounds like that's you're making things up. Like that's not right. possible. And you're going to hit it how many hundreds of yards? Yeah. You know, it's called baseball, right? And, right, right. And then someone gets up to the plate and they hit it over the fence and you go, of course. But there's a difference between theoretically putting those pieces together and mm -hmm. actually stepping up to the plate and hitting the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, like when I wrote that book, you know, the, a big part of the audience for that was business people that I wanted to help bring more spirituality, more guidance, you know, more alignment into their, into their work. And so I felt like, well, I need to research the science in order to have this make sense to them, you know, same kind of thing. Like, let's make this as concrete as possible. Yeah. And, you know, of course, for me at that point, I was so deep into this world that I didn't, same thing. I didn't require science for myself to, to make it real because it was just my reality. And so it was really fun to go and do the research and check out like heart math Institute and mm. um, you know, all these like peer reviewed scientific studies. There was some stuff in nature magazine I found um, you know, really cool stuff that was done at business schools about um, how our electromagnetic field uh, and entrainment works really fascinating stuff. And uh it was cool. I'm like, Oh, look at this all matches up. Right. Like I can actually defend, you know, from a scientific perspective, you know, not, not defending like defend, but like, you know, from a, a scientific definition of defending, like what I've been saying is true. And so it was really fun to write that. And I often forget that I even wrote that because it doesn't have a lot of value for me, but mm. I know it does for other people. Um, because they need something that, to make it real and concrete and go, oh, okay, well, there's been some scientific studies that really prove this. And yeah. they've done it from 10 different directions. And, and so there's something real here. And, and, and so now we know um, versus, right. you know, like, well, I already knew. You know, right. It kind of reminds right. me of, I, have a, I had a client years ago and she was like, she'd been gluten, eating gluten-free for years. She just found she felt better. And she went to a doctor and the doctor said, well, we should really test that. And she said, well, what do you mean? She's like, here's what I need you to do. For the next 10 days, you need to start eating gluten. And at the end of those 10 days, we're going to run a test and see how your body's, you know, dealing with it. And I, and she came to see me on the second day of it. And she like, looked like she was going to throw up. She's like all swollen and bloated and like uncomfortable and nauseous. I'm like, isn't this enough? Like, do you need the test? And, uh, and she's like, oh, it never occurred to me that I could just go, I already know. I, I yeah. already know. Right. Yeah. So, so, um, my gluten story, not not me, but a gentleman <laughs> that I I used to work with, um, he cut gluten out of his diet and he yeah. lost weight. He became less inflamed. All, mm -hmm. all the things that mm -hmm. you know people talk about happened to him. Yeah, and he goes to his doctor, and the doctor is looking at the numbers um, from prior blood work to most recent. Yeah. yeah, and the doctor says, "I don't know what you did, but keep on doing it." Right, <laughs> and he knew exactly what he did. He just did one thing. Yeah, without yeah. gluten, it just wasn't feeling good to him, and so yeah, yeah. he got these massive results. Yeah, 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 and so it's it can be proven in either direction, um, right? But that whole piece of you know, I, I think we often look for the empirical data uh, rather than trusting the experience, and totally, uh, and totally. and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I and I, you know, I I, I love that. I just did some um, blood tests recently, and uh, a scan that, that kind of confirmed a lot of what I was thinking that was around, like I'd had a lot of concussions when I was younger. And so there was some, you know, markers for that. And, and I was able to get a treatment for it, which was fantastic, but it was like, I loved having the empirical data because it wasn't just 
you know, um, particularly when I'm, you know, reading something for myself, it's often not quite as clear as reading something for somebody else, just because of the, you know, the the connection with it. Usually, when we have a the more emotionally connected we are to it or to the outcome, yeah. um, you know, it's just harder to read because it starts to get louder inside because we have a desire of where we want it to go. And then yeah. I think that when we're, you know, we're offering any of this for other people, like it's why we have to stay so neutral because without neutral being neutral in it there's no way we're going to get clear information. And so we can't be attached to, you know, what other people's outcomes are going to be. We have to just hold this neutral piece and just be seeking out the truth. And I, th and I think that's a really uh, important part of this, you know, is first off is recognizing, you know, as we're starting to get these intuitive, you know, or psychic or whatever it is, as these technology turns on for us. But then the idea is like our desires can instantly get louder than that. So we can get a little hit, and then override it and then mistake it for the continuation of, of that, uh, you know, intuitive information when it's really, we're starting to move into our own desires. And for me, it just, it often just shows up as confusion. Like the moment I start to, to attach to an outcome that I'm hoping for, it just becomes confusing. But I can remember when I first started doing this, how easily it could go from an intuitive hit and then just seamlessly start to feel, still feel like an intuitive hit, but I was mm. moving into my own hopes and desires and and so checking in with am i neutral when i'm experiencing this and if not then uh, you know um the the information's compromised really yeah for sure for sure i mean and and it also and i'm blown away i was just uh just blown away by people who don't want the help of others i was on on reddit a while back and you know mm -hmm. because of seo and what i do for my day job sure um and it was it was about seo classes and I remember seeing a post about a guy or a guy said, you know, you don't, you don't need any class. You don't need a teacher. You don't need a mentor. There's so much information out there. Right. And as someone who knows the field, there's so much misinformation out there. So like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe talking to someone who can actually guide you would be helpful, but I didn't want to get involved in the conversation. Right. Um, right. And so applying that to here, like, you know, if, if you don't have a teacher or mentor, someone who's, who knows a little bit more about it than you do, you can dismiss it. You can, um, start to dive into your own imagination being reality. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But there's so many resources and we can talk about some of them. We're going to mention them at the end uh, mm -hmm. and uh, as helpful tools for folks, but yeah, teachers, yeah, yeah. mentors, uh, tools that you can use to help you guide and develop. They're out there. And, yeah. And yeah. And, line you know, and, and I think that, you know, that's why what we focus on with Align Living is access too. You know, we focus on how do I quiet my inner world so that I can start to have these experience and create my own understanding. And so the guidance we often bring, the mentorship we bring is the access and then the stability in it. And, you know, I, I say that because I can remember when I first started to have these experiences, I wanted to read everything and I'd read something and go, oh my God, that's amazing. And then I'd read another book and it contradicted the last one. I'm like, well, shit, which is true. And then I'd read something else and then there'd be a third option. And I'm like, well, this is more confusing than if I didn't read any of this at all. And so, you know, absolutely. I, th I think there's some great books out there, but I think we also need to be really selective with what mm. our research looks like and then going, okay, well, well, what's really important here is what does my experience look like when I start to have these experiences? Um, you know, is that how I, I create my understanding and sure, you know, we mentor people through that and there's lots of great mentors to do that. But the idea of reading a book that says, this is how things are, um, 
you know, I, I think it's so confusing because you're going to read another book that also tells you this is how things are, and it's going to be in contradiction. And so the more firsthand we experiences we have, we start to kind of develop our own roadmap. We start to develop our own relationship with our gifts and our access and, you know, the where the guidance comes from. And that piece, like once we start to recognize what it is and how to quiet the noise so that we can access it more, yeah. that to me is where, where to build it rather than, um, you know, read, 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 research, 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 totally. because it gets so confusing. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, dream interpretation comes up for me as, as a super simple example of this. You, you can, there's multiple books about dream interpretation mm -hmm. and yeah. maybe they're helpful uh, because yeah. you read something or uh, you, you dreamt about whatever, a car accident. Um, and that means something in the book. Mm -hmm. um, but the, but those are your dreams. Right, uh, right. Yeah. You need to be able to step into them and understand what they mean to you in the context of your life. And chances are, it's not the book that you yeah, just read. Yeah. Like the, those types of books, to some degree, help get you into the broaden your your purview, if you mm -hmm, will, mm -hmm. to be open to the conversation so that you can then have the experiences. I think. Yeah, 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 and it's and it's interesting too because, uh, you know, you can have experts that can help you to interpret your 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 experience of it. And sure, the symbolism has meanings to it, but a lot of times, giving the context of the the situation, it changes like it, you know, I, I started out doing this, I started reading tarot cards was how, mm -hmm. how I, you know, first got into this. And, and I felt like I needed that kind of primer and that, you know, there's something stable about it that helped me, um, you know, go down this road. And then at one point I remember sitting down with a client and I flipped one card and talked for a half an hour. And he's like, wow, you got all that from that one card. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> maybe I don't need the cards anymore, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, the reason I bring it up too is because they have very specific symbols on them. They have very specific meanings yet all the time in, in the, in sessions with them, they would bring a different meaning, like a, a different part of the card would jump out at me. Mm. I'd have a different understanding. I mean, one that, um, that really uh, stands out is that there was a um, client that came in that, you know, her, there was a granddaughter that was having like a uh, kind of a high risk pregnancy and she was asking about the outcome of it. And, you know, this was somebody I had a regular relationship with. And so I knew I'd be able to support them down the road. And, but what flipped was the chariot card and the chariot is usually about there being like an action to take. There's, um, you know, often about taking the reins, moving forward in your life. There's, and that kind of thing. But instead, when I flipped the card, I heard the song swing low, sweet chariot. And it was about how this baby wasn't going to come to term, but mm -hmm. it was just here for a short time. And so, I felt very clearly not to share this with the client yet, but also it was like this guidance to be able for me to be able to be there in preparation for what was about to unfold. And I saw that, you know, a couple of weeks later in the, you know, the, you know, they had lost the baby. Um, but it was really like, it felt like it was for me, not for the client because I was going to have a, a role to play in supporting her. Hmm. And so, you know, th there's all these little subtleties we pick up. You'd be like, Oh, looks like you're going on a trip or maybe you're getting a new car. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the normal chariot. But it, it wasn't that. And so um, whenever we try to make it too simplified like that or too cookie cutter, um, you know, we're missing our own direct nuance and contact and that this is actually truly a relationship that we have with our own guidance system and our own access. It's not just a one size fits all. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's the, the big, big benefit of aligned living.
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. you know, and, and that's it. It's sure that the access point is, is, you know, one size fits all. But once you get in there, you know, yeah. it's about developing your own relationship. Yeah. And and then you can those, I mean, and, and I don't want to poo poo the dream books or any other books mm -hmm. in the, in yeah, the they're, category. they're super helpful if you can discern that's it when yeah they're, when they're appropriate yeah yeah and, and aligned living can help you discern discern what mm -hmm. in the dream about x y and z may be more applicable than not yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and so so yeah i mean really interesting conversation and you know it, it all starts with being able to quiet things um internally so that we can open that up and and so uh we'll put some resources in here you know as nick was mentioning uh there's quite a few free offerings now. So I have uh, one where, you know, my book, Insight, Influence, and Flow that we were talking about, um, where I'm taking people through a few of the chapters and uh, giving them some insight and kind of behind the scenes story about it a little bit. Uh, we have um, another one for uh, um, that takes you through the basics of aligned living. And so we'll put the links to those free resources there for you to, to start to play with this, to open it up. And of course, um, you know, we work with people directly as well, but, uh, we just love having free resources out there so that it's just available for, uh, for anybody that's listening and that wants to, uh, to explore this path. Great. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening and, uh, great to have some questions. So please do keep sending those in. Uh, I think it really creates a cool dynamic to it when we're actually responding to what you all want to know. And so, uh, so great connecting and we'll see you all next week. Thanks folks. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. And if you did, please subscribe so you can catch the next episode. If you want to learn more about the Aligned Living System and how it could support you in your life, check out davidwaldus.com.